Sports is no longer just about the game itself. To be a success and to find fulfillment in the game, it takes more. The mental, relational, and cultural component has become more of a focus. An athlete has to be trained in a holistic manner to reach their potential. Training the Complete Athlete provides a wide variety of interviews, podcasts for coaches, parents, and athletes to gain insight to reach a higher level of performance. So I'm excited today to welcome Skylar Kamaka, and it's kind of hilarious to, to talk to you since you are such a grown-up now, and I remember meeting you probably within the first week of you getting off of the airplane when you came to college at Concordia. Skylar was a volleyball player there um, and also was involved in leadership, and that's how we built our relationship is um, through her leadership and being part of leadership classes and she has one of the most amazing stories of what you can do with your life while you're in college and post-college. Because all of us go to college thinking we're going to major in something and this is going to be our life. And yours went very differently, I'm guessing, than what you originally planned. So Skylar, I'm excited to talk to you about life after sport and how you can kind of step outside of your box and take on new challenges um, and, and maybe pursue something that you didn't plan on when you were 18 years old. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be on this podcast and to talk with you. We've also done like a full hour of catch up sesh because it's been a minute. And so now we're going to like get down to the business. But I love it. Thank you so much for having me. I love you so much. So much. Well, that's when I laugh when I met you. Well, and I laugh because when I go through my photos, there, I, I, there's two photos in my phone that I keep always and one of you. One of them is with you in a Miss America dress and the other one is you in your flight suit and I and I never will delete them because I'm always like okay this is inspiring that this kid that I met at 17 year old is somebody that inspires me now every day um, of thinking oh, of taking on these you. two major challenges that most people would shy away from right they would mm -hmm. say I'm not going to go do those things and you have always been the opposite so when you were you know when you came to school at you know 17 years old what was the plan like what was the focus to to make your college life look like I think 17 year old me um, knew nothing besides volleyball and that was it. So that was kind of my end all be all. Um, there was no um, question that I was going to succeed. Like I always, there was no room for failure and that never crossed my mind. Like I knew I was gonna go to college and I knew I was gonna play volleyball. And the only way I was getting to college was on a volleyball scholarship. So I played 365 days a year. There was never an off season ever um, since I was like 12 years old. So being successful in, in volleyball was always um, going to happen for me. And so going into my college years, I was like, okay, we're here. Like now what, like, what are we going to do? And my plan was just to show up and be great. Like I I didn't know how to like throttle back. I only have one speed and that is like balls to the wall. I'm going to play and, and just, yeah, just, just dominate. It's like the best word that I can sum it up as just dominate in everything that I did, um, especially in, on the court. And then school was kind of secondary, which sounds terrible, but it was, I am going to school so that I can play college volleyball. And that was my mindset coming in as a 17 year old, uh, just a little baby setter. 
moving well, to a new land. <laughs> well, and it's funny because, you know, I remember what life was like back then. And you were kind of, you were one of those people that was like, I'm here, I'm, I'm going to get it done. You were not a shrinking violet. I had to remind myself that you were a freshman because so many freshmen come in and it's like, they put their toes in the water and you were like, no, I'm jumping into the deep end and I'm going to make this four years the best I can possibly make it. And, and, we, and as I say, I saw that not just in volleyball, but with just your presence on campus, getting involved with leadership, building the Hawaii, you know, the Hawaiian club, which was massive. It didn't really exist until you walked on the campus. And I always laugh because I would ask the kids about training with Skylar and they're like, oh man, you don't mess around. Like you are on time. You, you follow everything she teaches you to get the dances right. Um, and so, as I say, there was nothing, nothing insurmountable for you. And I think that's a, a very big difference than most kids that walk into school. So you said school was your secondary, which I relate like, yep, school's important. I was a good student, but I was there to play ball. So what was, what were you planning on majoring in? What was going to be your career as a freshman? Did you no even idea. know when you got there? <laughs> no clue. I was like, school, yeah, we do that. What's your major? No idea. I have to decide by the end of my sophomore year, I'll figure it out. That was kind of my, my famous line. I was like, oh yeah, I'll figure it out. Like, it's fine. We're just gonna ride this wave. I'm gonna go to class. I'm gonna go to practice. And I'm gonna go work out in the morning before school. I'm gonna work out before uh, practice. And then, you know, there was that was just like drilled into me. Um, but yeah, school was just like, oh yeah, I have to do that too. I forgot. Yeah, I got to do that and get good grades so that I can play. And I did okay. Like, you know, I wasn't a terrible student. I wasn't like a 4.3 or any, I didn't even know you could get higher than a 4.0. Like this is all new to me. My little sister is in high school right now and she has a 4.3 and I'm like, what is that? Who's whose sister are you? Yes, I'm like, it's weighted. I'm like, what are weighted grades? Yeah, we didn't have that either. Yeah. No clue. No clue. Yeah. So um yeah, I went into college not knowing what I wanted to do. And then um I started to explore uh the different majors and everything. And then I was like, you know what? I like sports. I like understanding how the body works and all that fun stuff. So I ended up choosing to major in exercise and sports science with a minor in coaching. And at the time, or I think when I was going into my junior year, I think it was, oh God, what was that other major? There was some other, I think it was like sports management or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was sports management. But as soon as I took the finance class for the sports management major, I was like, nope, not for me. I'm out. We're <laughs> dropping that minor. So I ended up, you know, selecting exercise and sports science. And then I had a minor in coaching. So yeah, it was a good time. And I was really, I enjoyed studying all of those, um, those different facets of exercise and sports science. So it, it was good. I found something that worked for me that was not business finance. <laughs> Um, so when, you know, when you got to college and you were involved in so many other things than just being a student athlete, how did that come into play? How did that become such a priority for you? And how did that kind of impact your life post-school? Mm, yeah. So I think being born and raised in Hawaii, I always have, I just grew up being proud to be Hawaiian and, um, dancing hula was just second nature. I, when I was little, I started off as a dancer. So I danced hula since I was five years old. Um, so it was just something that I grew up doing and I never looked at it 
I never like thought twice about it. I'm just like, yeah, I dance hula. And then I play sports. Like I was always an athlete first uh, in my mind. And then once I got to college, that's kind of when I realized I can be more than just an athlete. You know what I mean? Like I can do, and I have so much more to offer than just this one avenue, even though this is like, I got blinders on and I'm doing this, like I'm doing it, but oh, wow. Like people are interested in, in the fact that I'm, I come from this tiny Island in the middle of the Pacific and that I dance hula and I can actually educate people about Hawaiian history and Hawaiian culture and share those things that I grew up with, um, that I honestly took for granted, right? I took, I took for granted this amazing place that I live in and the, the hospitality and the way that we, um, operate in a very like community type base, um, learning and education and just everything. Like you're raised by your aunties and your uncles and your friends, parents, like that's just how we grew up. And once I got to the mainland, I realized like, it's very, I don't want to say, I would say it's very individualistic. It's like, I would talk to some of my teammates and be like, yeah, I haven't seen my grandparents in like three years. And I'm like, what? That is crazy. Like my grandparents raised me. Like I, I call them every day. Like how, how do you not see them or, or talk to them in like three years? So just like little different cultural um, backgrounds that I, that I come from, I was able to share that with other people and educate them. And then, yeah, I got, of course I was like looking for a community and Hawaii people, we always stick together. So joining the very small Hawaii club, um, when I was a freshman, I was like, okay, these are my people, you know, like we got to stick together. We got to take care of each other. And then that's when, when I kind of like found my legs, I guess, in the, Hawaii club scene and then being the alpha female that I am I took it over and ran (laughs) with it (laughs) I just asserted my dominance and I took that thing over (laughs) well and I think about that time you know you you guys did your first luau and I remember being there and I mean it was amazing It, it was it was not huge but it wasn't this little tiny thing it wasn't like 10 people showed up but it it definitely was a culture shift I think for our whole campus um and to think about my last uh, luau that I went to, I mean, there were like hundreds of people there, right? It, it became like one of the key events on our campus. Um, and you really did build something that created a home for so many people. And it was funny because it wasn't only just wine kids that got involved in this. There were yeah. a lot of kids from different backgrounds and, and cultural experiences that wanted to be a part of this community. And I know for me, I think your your years at, at, at Concordia definitely felt had more of a community vibe, even when I think about the alumni because I think a lot of that just kind of got brought into our, our department, not just in the Hawaiian club as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So, um, you know, we were joking about the, the moment that I just was like, what on earth is going on? Um, I, I, you know, I barely talked to you for a summer, which was kind of unlike uh, us. And you walked into my office and you had some boxes in your hands. And my intern, Jason Yesney was sitting with me and you said, Cos, I want to become Miss Hawaii and you need to help me. And I'm like, what? And I said, what's in the boxes? And, you know, you popped out some crowns and I'm like, uh, what happened this summer? And why do you have crowns? And, you know, I look at Jason, who is like a six, five basketball player. And as soon as you left, I go help her. And he goes, are you for real? I'm like, yeah, we got to help her. We, you know, I don't know what we're doing, but we're going to do this. And when you walked in, I was like, what athlete walks in and says, I want to become Miss Hawaii. 
And then I was like, and how do we do this? Right. Mm -hmm. um, but like so many other things, it wasn't a question or are we going to help her? It's like, we're going to help her because she's going to do this. So away we go. So mm -hmm. how did that process come into that? You went from, Hey, I'm the student athlete and I'm going to dominate on the court to a wine club to, Hey, let's just become Miss white. No big whoop. How did, yeah. how did that all come together? Uh, you know, I think one thing that Concordia really taught me or that I, I learned from Concordia was like that, um, giving back to the community is so important. And Concordia really nurtured this like heart of service in me. Um, and I had so many opportunities to like help out in the community and volunteer with different um, activities and organizations and charitable events. And I think that really nurtured this heart of service within me. And I just loved it. Like I was about it. I was like, oh my gosh, I can do so many things. Like I have so much love to give to like these people. And um, yeah, so I was like, okay, I just like, I want to continue this, this like act of service and serving the community. And how do, how do I do that? And being an athlete, I never wore makeup. I wore the same like three sweats and I would rotate them every couple days. You know, I'm like, I'm gonna change up this combo. I'm gonna go gray hoodie with blue sweatpants. And then I'm gonna go blue hoodie with the gray sweatpants next week, you know? <laughs> and that was the extent of my wardrobe and never wore makeup, all these things. But I was coming up on my, in my senior year of of college and I was like okay like what's next like what is my next goal like I have achieved this check got to college check dominated volleyball check created a Hawaii club and that's gonna leave like a lasting legacy in this university like that was probably one of the proudest um or like one of my proudest moments was realizing like I, I left something behind here that's going to continue. And yeah, it's like, doesn't matter about the awards that I have on the wall, you know, all of the Cascade Collegiate Conference setters of the week, like I could care less about those things. Like it was leaving a lasting impression that was going to continue on the campus was like definitely one of my proudest moments. Um, but, you know, I'm do, I've done all of these things like, okay, all good things have to come to an end. Right. And we have to bow out gracefully and like, what's next and majoring in exercise and sports science with a minor in coaching and being an athlete. The only thing that I could think of was like, okay, well, this is what I'm good at. So I'm going to go get my master's in, in, in education. And I want to teach and coach at the collegiate level. Boom. New goal. All right, cool how do we make masters happen? Because I can't play sports anymore. So I have no way to fund my education. And so I was home in the summertime um, and I was volunteering at a sports day event and the current Miss Hawaii was at this event and she was like, you know, taking pictures with the kids and doing all these things and, you know, speaking to these athletes and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, good on her, you know, not thinking anything of it. I go up, I introduce myself. I'm like, hi, I'm Skylar. Can I take a picture with you? Take a picture. We end up chatting again. I'm like in shorts and a t-shirt with my bun on my head, like, you know, no makeup. We end up talking for a while and she's like, you make a really great Miss Hawaii. And I'm like, 
me you're talking to me like uh okay and she's like yeah there's just something about you you would be really great at it I think you should consider it and I was like uh okay that's cool and then she's like they also are Miss America is the largest scholarship provider for women in the country so like if you have any dreams of like continuing your education this is you know a great route to go you will get scholarship no matter what whether you win or not you walk away with scholarship and I was like hmm okay I was like that was kind of the light bulb moment for me I was like okay well let me look into this Miss America Miss Hawaii thing um and so that was really the turning point for me I met her again in sports at a sports day event and it's just funny how all of like the stars align and then that was like the turning point for me and I decided that okay I'm gonna give this Miss Hawaii thing I'd try but being the athlete that I am I was like well if I do this I'm gonna win so I need to go figure out what Miss America is about and so I ended up going to Miss America that year and watching the pageant like not having a, a local title not having a state title just like a normal person in the crowd and I watched the competition and I was like I could do this I could do this <laughs> Miss America thing all right, let's go. And so that was kind of my my jump off, my toe dip into the pageant world because I had never done a pageant before or even thought about being Miss Hawaii. Um, but yeah, all of all of these things kind of just aligned with the Miss America organization. It's community service based. It's a whole year of service. Um, there's a competition factor about it, which I love, right? And it's not like competing with other people, but it was competing with yourself and being the best version of you and presenting it to this panel of judges. And then they select if you're worthy, you know, or whatever to be the representative of Hawaii to compete at Miss America. And so it was just a, a new goal for me and a new form of competition that I was excited about. And that's what I laughed. Um, and I was telling you, I was, it was in the middle of the night when you were announced that you won Miss Hawaii because of the time difference. So it's one 30, my husband and I are, are sitting up there like screaming. I'm surprised we didn't wake up our children, um, that you had won one Miss Hawaii. And then, uh, all, you know, our kind of our mutual circle of friends are like, well, we're going to go check out Miss America and go watch the next phase of Skylar Kamaka. And it was interesting listening to your journey through that and, and just going through the pageant experience and the friends that you made um, through that experience. So what what did going through, you know, becoming Miss White, going on to compete in Miss um, America, how did that impact life after sport for you and change kind of maybe some of your career uh, focuses right after? Because if you, you know, if you get into the pageant world, it doesn't just disappear the night after the pageant's over. People think that, but that's not what happens. No, Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it being Miss Hawaii or, or going into that next goal of Miss Hawaii and competing helped me, I think, bow out gracefully from uh, sports because a lot of people, you know, it's like that's that's your whole life. That's all you know. You don't really know how to say goodbye and how to be a nor like, quote unquote, normal person. Um, without your sport, like that's your whole identity. And so I think going into Miss Hawaii and finding a new focus really helped me kind of leave volleyball and sports uh, with like on a sweet note instead of a sour note, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that, that was huge for me, but uh, yeah, I think sports really helped me 
compete and do my best and help me to train for Miss Hawaii and Miss America in like the best way possible. Like without sports, without volleyball, I definitely wouldn't have won because I just have a different mentality. I grew up a different way um, than than most. And life after sports has been <laughs> a roller coaster because I love volleyball so much. And even to this day, like I will try to play but my body just doesn't jump the way it used to. My knees don't bend as low, but um, it's, it's helped me find so many people, I think, and connect with so many people on, throughout, the, throughout the community. And then also like going into my, uh, my career, it's helped me to have like a strong um, mental state and tough skin and all of all of those things that you learn as an athlete have definitely translated over into everything, everything that I've done. So what did life look like for you the few years, like kind of going through the pageant, post-pageant? Um, what what were you what was keeping you busy through that period of time? I think post-pageant, so my year as Miss Hawaii was crazy busy. Like I had three or four events every day wouldn't never saw my family I mean they were just okay bye have fun see you like next year you know and um that was kind of my life and thankfully I had such an amazing year as Miss Hawaii and I made so many connections around the world that I was able to continue dancing hula um and traveling and dancing professionally I should say um so I went to Japan a lot um following Miss Hawaii I was in Japan, maybe like for five years, um, on and off, I would, I would go like five or six times a year to dance, to promote, um, the Hawaii tourism bureau. And just, again, kind of like the luau scene that I, I started, um, back at Concordia was like sharing Hawaiian culture and showing people around the world, what Hawaii is all about and giving them like a little taste of, Hey, this is who we are as a people. This is who we are in, in our culture. And we'd love to share it with you. Come visit us, but make sure you go home because you know, we got to leave some, some Island for our us local people. Okay. So we love you, but go home. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> So after your experience of, as I say, you know, representing, truly representing Hawaii on a, on a global scale, not just, Hey, I'm showing up mm-hmm. at you know, supermarkets and those type of things you were doing it on the global scale, your mm-hmm. life took a major shift as far as career. And I've always had to try to find you like, what state are you in? What time zone are you in? Um, but then it was like, okay, where are you really? And how long will you be there? So what was your next adventure after um, pageant life and, and kind of being a marketing uh, director for, mm-hmm. for the state of Hawaii? What came next for you? Oh, man. So again, it was like, okay, hula. Hula was kind of my job, right? Hula and, and promoting Hawaii was my job for so long. So from like 2012 to maybe like 2016, um, that's what I did. I also had a TV show. Um, I, I had a teaching stint for a little bit right after Miss Hawaii because my whole pitch the whole year was I want to teach and coach at the collegiate level. So I got the opportunity, right? I got the opportunity to, to teach. It was not at the collegiate level. It was at the elementary level. But I realized very quickly, like, okay, 
I love teachers, but this is not for me. Um, <laughs> I'm like losing my mind. And so that's when it kind of sparked in me. Like my childhood dream has always been to be a pilot. And I was like, okay, cool. You know what? Teaching's not for me right now. It might be in the future, but not right now. Um, I really want to pursue this dream of being a pilot. How do I make that happen? Again, we're still broke. Um, and flying is especially expensive. So I started getting my private pilot's license locally. And I was, you know, paying for my, my flight school. And I realized very quickly, like, I can't afford this. Like, there's so many like licenses and so many hours that you have to fly. And I was like, okay, well, how do I, how do I get this paid for? <laughs> I was like, who do I need to talk to to get this paid for? And then that's when um, my uncles kind of told me, well, if you want to fly, um, the Hawaii Air National Guard will hire you and they will pay for all of your, your training. And I was like, what? They're going to pay for like a scholarship? cool and so i ended up talking to a female pilot um she works in the guard and she also works for hawaiian airlines and she told me about the guard and she told me about flying the kc-135 which is the air refueling um tanker and i was like oh this is cool and in same skylar kamaka fashion i, I kind of looked into it and i was like i could do this guard thing i could do this military thing it's just like hula, you know, it's like, okay, they're going to yell at you to like march around and do all these things. And you got to be like precise. This is totally up my alley in the hula world. And I've got thick skin from volleyball. So I can take a yelling, like your words are not going to affect me. So I was like, I could totally do this military thing. So I ended up um, applying to the guard. I got selected my first try again. It's kind of cool because being Miss Hawaii, even though like you are not doing Miss Hawaii type things, it's always a conversation starter. So they're looking at my resume. They're okay, cool. Concordia, uh, volleyball athlete. Awesome. Check, check, check. Oh, you're a Miss Hawaii. And that kind of just like opens the door for me wherever I go, which I'm so grateful because it's like, okay, yes. Yeah, cool. Let's talk about Miss Hawaii. But, and then I can kind of segue into whatever topic or thing that I want to talk about. And so I will always be forever grateful for having that title. Um, because yeah, it, it opens up so many doors and opportunities and brings me places that I just would have never been able like walk through doors that I've never been able to walk through. I never had the confidence to walk into, um, until I, I won Miss Hawaii, but yeah, so I, I got selected to fly the KC-135. I was one of two pilots and started this whole crazy military pilot journey and went to move to Columbus, Mississippi for a year and a half for pilot training, which is another like culture shock <laughs> for me. Um, and I think it was also fun again for all of my classmates to be like, Miss Hawaii is flying in our, you know, in our, is in our pilot training class. And yeah, it's just been, it's been amazing. So now I am a KC-135 pilot in the Hawaii Air National Guard from college athlete, hula dancer, Miss Hawaii turned military pilot. <laughs> And that's why you're one of my favorite stories to tell people about, because, you know, when I think of the kid that showed up in the sweatpants and then to the beauty, you know, pageants to this, you know, I, I remember Justin, my husband going, 
you know, she's probably one of your most beautiful friends. And I go, duh, she won Miss Hawaii. And I go, but I still have her locked in, butt on the top of your head in sweatpants walking into my office, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, and this is why I really do appreciate your story, not just because it goes from like all these kind of extremes is that you didn't wait around for things to happen. You were very present and said, I'm going to go make this happen, right? And that's yeah. one of the things I, I don't see kids doing as far as it's, it's always, well, I can't do this because, and you were always like, how am I going to get, I'm going to do it and I'm going to get somebody to pay for it. That's even better, yes. right? <laughs> because at the end, you don't want the student loan. You know, my big, I always say mm-hmm. one of my biggest gifts is that I didn't pay for my undergrad or my grad school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just said, oh, I'm going to find somebody to pay for it, right? And a lot of people don't do the research, don't look outside the box to do that. And I think you're a great example of saying you can do anything if you put, you know, you say anything, if you put your mind to it, but if you put, you know, some research into it and just say, I'm not going to let this knock me over, I can do this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just this kind of grit, especially coming from Hawaii. It's so expensive to live here. So like growing up, we didn't have a lot like, you know, our, and we, grew up very like minimalistic in a sense that like all we needed was the beach and like a ball and we were happy like and we just made do and we made it work and if you wanted to pursue your dreams you totally could but you're gonna have to hustle for it Mm -hmm. and nothing was going to be handed to you you know mom and dad were not going to pay for your uh, your college experience because we can't like we literally can't and so it it just kind of nurtured this grind and work ethic in me that coming from a little island like this this little girl you know could just make things happen and like go to school get it paid for go to Miss Hawaii fundraise my butt off of course because it was not a cheap endeavor to be uh, competing at Miss Hawaii yet but I was a professional fundraiser through um you know doing fundraising for Hawaii club and for the luau and to put on this production. Um, so I just, yeah, it's just something that was ingrained in me and failure was like never an option in my mind or it never even crossed my mind. Like, I just always knew that I was going to do this. Like once I've decided, okay, I'm going to pursue this goal. It was going to happen. And, you know, kids these days, they call it like manifesting or whatever. You can call it whatever you want, but it's like, oh, I manifested this. It's like, yeah, sure. But if oh, you're not I, I haven't you, I heard that, that expression that I manifested. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, they're all about like, I say they, I'm talking like Gen, Gen Zers, all you Gen Zers that are out there. And it's like, oh, we're going to manifest and have my crystals and do all these things. Like that's kind of the vibe and sure yeah if that helps you cool but you also have to be willing to like do the dirty work stay up late on your grind um, educating yourself and getting out there and talking to people and I think the getting out there talking to people promoting yourself part um, that's being lost Mm -hmm. in today's society especially with technology and everything you can just like send an email or DM, like you never had to talk face to face with anybody and you're your best advocate. So going out and promoting yourself and showing people your authentic true self is way, way more valuable than sending an email or sending a DM to somebody and be like, I'm interested in your like volleyball program. You know, can you send me more information? It's like, no, you got to get out there and do the legwork. 
Well, that's one of the things I tell recruits all the time is, you know, first thing, nobody ever turns away a handwritten letter. You know, no coach ever turns that away because you never see them. You might see one every two years. The other thing is, is I want to know the people that are going to be with me for hours, one hours. You know, I always would say, I, I want to know if I want to be around you for um, a bus ride from here to um, Southern or to Northern California. Mm-hmm. And I want to know those people because I know for me, like, um, and you are a perfect example and some of the other alumni that were in sports at the same time with Concordia, you were always going to be the first person I would call if a job opportunity or an internship showed up because I knew you, you made mm-hmm. the effort to come in and, and be a part of the community, you know, Kevin, Sarah, just people that were kind of in your genre of people. So they were going to be the first one to, that I would write letters of reference for help get jobs. Even now that you guys are in your thirties, you're still some of the people I think are my first people, you know, as you're talking to me, Sarah Molino texts me right when you're talking to me. So those relationships can be lifelong and they're friendships, Absolutely. but they're also ways to help, you know, support you through whatever your growth is. Right. And I think that is a, a huge message that you can pass on to our listeners that, Hey, I put myself out there. And I didn't accept that I was going to fail because I think everybody's so afraid of failing. I mean, from the moment you told me, hey, dude, I'm going to I'm going to become Miss America. I, I really didn't doubt it. So I was excited when you won. But I was like, well, duh, like I, I just knew that was going to happen. And so that thing is a lot of people don't put that out there. It's like, well, I hope things work out instead of no, I'm going to make things work out in, in that grind and the grit and the late nights. And it all does pay off because now you're sitting in a position. You're like, I own my own home in Hawaii. I get to fly, you know, multi-million dollar aircrafts and it's put me on the path to do whatever you choose to do afterwards whether you know fly commercially or whatever but all that grit has put you in a place that a lot of people could just you know probably wish for to have the experiences and be in the place that you are right now yeah and that's a whole nother thing like looking back on it now I feel like I've lived like 10 different lives <laughs> in my short 30 years but to to be where I'm at hindsight 2020 I'm like 30 years old established in my career and I own my own home in Hawaii I'm like damn I'm pretty proud of myself like I did that like mm-hmm. nobody nobody gave that to me I went out and worked for it but to speak to your your comment about like these lifelong relationships and friendships that you and I have, and that I have with so many people. Um, I think it's so important to thank the people and appreciate and acknowledge those people along the way that helped you get to where you're at and being your authentic self and being, you know, just having like a genuine heart and putting yourself out there in a sense, like I'm not out here trying to make friends so that I can get ahead in life. Like, no, that's not, that's not what it's about. Um, It's just being true to who you are. And those, those genuine people are going to gravitate towards you. And I'm so thankful that I have these relationships from Concordia still that are like going strong, you know, 10 plus years later, like I can randomly text you at two in the morning when I'm like in Alaska, because I'm just bored and you're going to respond, you know, <laughs> and just always recognizing and rem- and remembering where you come from and the people who have helped you get to where you're at and always like giving back. I think that's so important. It's like, okay, let's give back to the people and the communities that help to get me to where I'm at. And hopefully like I can turn around and inspire or help somebody else in the community or somebody can be inspired by my story. Even if it's just like one person was like, Hey, I think it's really cool that 
you, you fly for the Air National Guard and I'm inspired by you. I'm like, cool, awesome. Or I think it's really cool that you played volleyball and now you're so successful. Like you're one of my inspirations or you said something at this event when you were Miss Hawaii and it really stuck with me. It's like, those things are what I live for. You know, it's like giving back and just inspiring the next generation to, to go out and be great and do amazing things and just make like your community and and other people's lives better just for being in it and just existing is so, so important. I think that, I think that's such a true statement. You know, I think of how my kids have been blessed by so many different student athletes that have come through um, my life, whether it be at Utah or um, Concordia or my time, even coaching at, at, at Columbia river high school and how so many athletes, even when they were young, gave back to my kids and I love looking through the pictures of, you know, of them getting those experiences too. So I think that's a, a true thing that we've all been gifted so much being student athletes and how do we give that next, yes. to the next generation so they can kind of continue the legacy of, of being in a great community of, of student athletes um, and then turning out to be uh, outstanding adults and, and, and really taking off in their career. So Skylar, thank you so much for this time. As, as I say, like, I, I hope somebody does get inspired by your willingness and grit to take the risks and know that failure is not an option because I think that is so important to, to jump in instead of always being uh, fearful of, of the, the negatives that could happen instead of looking at it as negatives, I'll deal with it because I'm going to make this happen. Really appreciate it. We wish you all the safety and good luck in your career and, uh, and thank you for continually reaching out to build your community. Thank you. Thanks for having me.